0: conductive wire.
1: And you so electric I had no say when you came so near and just right through me hey everyone welcome to Geekdom is back as is Tim Matthews I'm your host Deanna Chapman and today we are talking all about Toy Story 3 Tim I had not seen this one it was the only one that I had not seen of the three we are discussing so far while well, the fourth one is out in theaters but I don't know why I didn't see it you know it was just one of those things where I guess it came out so much later because it came out in 2010 versus only a few years after Toy Story 2 to where I just maybe either wasn't as interested at the time or what I'm not really sure what my deal was but I did not go see this did you go see this in theaters
0: I so I was trying to think of that I I don't think I saw this one in theaters. Um, I don't, I, I saw it relatively close to the time that like it came out because everyone was talking about it. So I was like, Oh, all right. I'll, I'll watch it. Um, but I, I'm pretty positive. I did not actually catch this one in theaters. Um, which I now like, you know, after I've seen after having seen it and seeing, you know, how good it is and knowing that I saw the first two in theaters, I'm like, well, I kind of screwed that up, not seeing this one in theaters and I'll end up seeing the fourth one. But it's like, it's like if you buy like the, the first, second and fourth, you know, line in like a graphic novel, and then, you know, you don't really want to start because you don't have the third one. I I feel like I have something missing from my collection now (laughs) that having not seen it in theaters. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's funny that you make the graphic novel comparison because I've been collecting the trades for Chu, but I have like one, three, four, five, and seven, or something like that. Oh, man. One, three, four, and seven, <laughs> maybe. And it's like, okay, well, I can't start reading it until I at least get the second one. And then I can get, at least get, you know, like four trades in. And I totally know what you mean because there was no way that I was going to go see Toy Story 4 in theaters without having seen Toy Story 3 at all. <laughs>
0: <Absolutely>, <laughs> you know? yeah.
1: So I was like, all right, you know, Tim wants to discuss all of these, so I will remedy this. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, Toy Story 4 has been out for a few weeks now by the time everyone is listening to this. So hopefully you have seen 1, 2, and 3. Well, especially 3 because we're talking about it today. But, <laughs> you know, Toy Story 3 is another one that adds more new characters. And in a way, this one adds the most toys we've seen in any of the movies so far. And obviously, I can't speak to Toy Story 4 just yet, but yeah. there are a lot of toys in here just because of the scenario that Andy's toys are put in. And I think it goes to show in not only the visuals, but the budget and everything. The way this movie just came together, it was so much bigger than the two that came before it, but it still works because they didn't try to overdo it
0: absolutely and and the the situation like like you said it makes total sense of having more characters in this one um and because of that it feels natural to get all these new characters it doesn't feel like they're it doesn't feel like they're just shoehorning characters in because they don't have anything to say with the, the original characters that they have they actually have quite a bit to say with the characters that we have but they're using these additional ones um to build upon those roles.
1: And most of the characters that are new in this aren't really important. You see a lot of toys, but there's only a handful, again, that you really need to pay attention to. And one of the main ones is Lotso, who is yeah. one of those big Purple Care Bears, if I'm not mistaken.
0: He feels like a Care Bear.
1: (laughs) And then you have Ken. So, you know, Barbie and Ken, they introduced Barbie in a previous movie. So now they have Ken Ken to go with it. (laughs) And, you know, you just have the chatter telephone, which doesn't play a super, super huge role, but is important to the story. You have Mr. Prickle (laughs) Pants, because why not? And, you know, you just have. These other characters, like Bookworm, they pop up a few times and then they're gone because their purpose has been served and we don't really need them around. You have peas in a pod, you know, yeah. <laughs> you you have Dolly, Twitch, Stretch, you have so many new ones, but at the same time, not all of them need to be ones that are necessarily crucial to the story or super memorable. And I think Lotso is really the main character that is added. Yeah. that really just drives the story because you know, we can talk about the story here now since you know there's there's just too many new characters to run down all of them without talking about the story and oh yeah. with Lotso, basically what happens is Andy's toys end up in a donation box because Andy is heading off to college and he is not going to be taking his toys with them. I don't know anyone who really takes toys with them to college, but, you know, unless it's like electronics or, you know, not, not yeah. toys from your childhood. And they end up in this donation box that his mom takes to like the daycare center that it seems like him and his sister used to go to at one point because she knows the lady working there and hadn't seen the daughter in a while. So there's some connection with that daycare center with Andy's family.
0: Yeah, I think the daughter at least the daughter at least had to have gone there, and that would explain why she would know Andy. Um, but I yeah. suppose Andy could have uh, could have as well. But I don't know. It's a cartoon. Sometimes it's hard to see how <laughs> old somebody is, but she doesn't yeah. seem that old yeah no cuz yeah she definitely is like oh well, how
1: how are your your
0: uh how are your kids not kids anymore you know
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so there's clearly this connection there and that's why she's taking the toys for donation there so you have this scenario where the toys are going to another quote unquote home and they think it's going to be so great and woody's the only one who is sort of against leaving andy and you just have this tension between woody and everyone else which seems to be a running theme in these (laughs) you know it's always woody's fault and yeah eventually in the end woody typically ends up being right about the situation and that's the case in this one too and i think it's just funny how they keep putting woody in this scenario and it's different each time (laughs)
0: you would think by this time they'd be like you know what like Maybe, maybe maybe just maybe right? <laughs> we sh- we should listen to Woody. He's got a decent track record with this and we keep we keep messing things up. Right. And then Mr. Potato Head has to apologize every time about being a jerk.
1: Yeah, and so they go to this daycare center thinking everything is going to be great. They meet the other toys, especially Lotso who's sort of the the head toy in charge, if you will, the CEO of the toys or whatever you <laughs> want to call him. And they see the room that those toys are in, and they think everything's going to be great, but then they go into the room. I believe it's called the Caterpillar Room or something, and it's all of the younger, younger kids. <laughs> and they are just maniacs with these toys. Oh, it's so they terrible. They're throwing them, ripping limbs off, coloring on them, and doing everything you can imagine that you wouldn't want done to a toy.
0: I think Jesse gets dipped into paint.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're painting with the toys and it's just complete chaos. And by the end of the first day, the toys are like, oh, man, what did we just get ourselves into? Yeah. And And Buzz
0: gets like smacked around and then like tossed onto the windowsill. And that's when he looks over and sees how perfectly peaceful it is on the other side.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then in a very, very strange turn of events, there's like this illegal poker game going on with the toys. Incredible. And Lotso is not as, <laughs> not as nice as he led on at the beginning, basically. And that character, in a sense, goes through a lot too. And we learn a lot about Lotso because he's portrayed this one way when Andy's toys meet him. And then you sort of backtrack and go back through his past and how he forced the other toys to go with him when they were lost or left behind, basically, by mistake. And, you know, because he was replaced, he just has this hatred towards so many kids and their toys now, even though he's putting on this facade that, oh, everything here is great. Really, he's in charge and he's mean to everyone and everyone has to do what he says. Otherwise, things don't go so well, which we see happens with Buzz and Jesse and all the rest of andy's toys until woody comes up with this plan to get everyone out and it's kind of cynical (laughs) you know Lotso's character
0: (laughs) yeah they when they when they give you like his backstory like it's interesting because you get his backstory after after already seeing like how how evil he can be so it's like i feel like the backstory it's this attempt of Attempt of like trying to make you sympathize with them. And like, I feel like while you're watching that flashback, you start to get those feelings naturally because of like how it's, you know, filmed and everything. But then when it snaps back, you're just like, oh, wait, no, I don't like you. Like, I'm, I, I don't care that you went through this. Like, you're really bad.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to feel bad for the characters in this. And, you know, initially in the first movie, Sid was that character. It's like, well, yeah. you know, we don't really feel bad for him; we feel bad for his toys, but not for him. And funny he enough, he landed on S- his feet though. <laughs> Sid makes an appearance in this as a garbage man, <laughs> yeah, and he's still, still wearing the, the toys.
0: same shirt. <laughs> now he 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 can use the garbage truck to uh to crush any toys that might freak him out,
1: or he ties them to the front, and then they just like mm-hmm. get bugs and everything in them.
0: <laughs> oh. It's too good.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are some really funny moments in this which I think help with how dark the story kind of goes. <laughs>
0: this is definitely uh definitely it's uh a few decent steps into the seri- more serious and darker tone than than the previous two. Like the I feel like the previous two they had little bits of those things like when they were in Sid's room, uh they or in the second one, uh a lot of the stuff with uh not Pistol Pete. That's Parks and Rec, Stinky Pete. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but then this this one it's it's on a whole other level. Like when they when uh, Lotso's got them, you know, trapped in the in the cages, and they they've brainwashed Buzz into his factory settings, and uh, and he's like patrolling uh, patrolling them and everything is uh, and that monkey that monkey is so freaky.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of the monkey on the cover of my copy of Skeleton Crew by Stephen yes. King because there's <laughs> the short story of The Monkey and that's what it's based <laughs> off of. And I was like, wow, that looks exactly like that monkey from the short story. Horrifying. <laughs> yeah, and I wanna backtrack a little because the beginning gives us a flashback with Andy playing with all of the toys and it's best opening of, ever. <laughs> it sets you up because you're like, Wow, this is sort of a wild <laughs> opening, and then you find out that the mom had been Filming when he was younger, and so they have record of all of these stories he made up with yeah. his toys. And now he's seventeen, going off to college, and his mom is a little mean about it. I think because she makes him pack up his entire room like he's never coming back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, when, I, I was, was like, like oh. I, I know he's going to college, but like I went to college, I still came home. Like, <laughs> uh,
1: and you start a bedroom.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs>
1: So aside Uh, from that, it was just like, okay, you know, they're really setting us up for the emotional stakes in this one, too, because it's like, oh, Andy's not going to come back. We can't just sit on the shelf. We have to go either in the attic or out for a yard sale or what have you. And, you know, the soldiers go AWOL, which I thought was really funny. They're like, oh, "Oh, see ya.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Our mission has ended. (laughs) Yeah. And we're the first to end up in the trash.
1: (laughs) And then you find out that Bo Peep is gone. I assume through some yard sale or something like that. They didn't really specify, but we know that there's no Bo Peep in this one. Yeah. And because of how many toys they add, I wouldn't really say you necessarily miss Bo Peep in this because she was there, but she was always this sort of like, weird love interest for <laughs> Woody until Jesse came along. And then Jesse's like a love interest for Buzz now. And anyway, toys and love interests is a weird thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. And and Bo Peep doesn't really even have a presence in the second one. So right. I, I feel like it's not like we have had this connection with her throughout the entire franchise. She kind of popped in, I think, in like one moment in the in the second one. Um But uh um, but at least according to the previews, we're going to have Uh, stuff with her in the next one maybe cut that if that's spoilers
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think because of how many toys there are and how big of a role the new toys play you know Barbie obviously gets a bit more screen time in this one and then you have the whole thing with Barbie and Ken which I guess that relationship as far as toys go is the most understandable because that's sort of how it was displayed and advertised in the stores yeah. and they handle
0: that so well
1: yeah oh my goodness Ken was hilarious in this and Michael when he Keaton. tries on yeah when he tries on all of the different outfits for Barbie <laughs>
0: incredible incredible
1: that was just such a perfect use of that character yeah
0: it's it's absolutely hilarious and how they how they do that scene just with the the music and the the lights that it's like none of it makes sense and it doesn't matter. It's just absolutely hilarious. And the way he like poses like at the end and it's in kind of slow motion. Um, And both of them just do such a great job. Um, And I think when I was looking at, I think uh, the one who plays Barbie, I think is the one who did the voice of the Little Mermaid.
1: Yes, I believe so. Jody Benson. That sounds right. That's pretty
0: cool. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, Sure. Her picture is of Little Mermaid on IMDb, so we're going with okay. It. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sure. I'm sure if my if my sister's listening to the uh, to this one that she that she'd be the one shouting at the uh, at the speaker saying, "Of course, it's the Little Mermaid."
1: <laughs> yeah, and going back to how we learn more about Lotso, that actually comes from Bonnie's other toys at home that aren't at the daycare, and yeah. Chuckles is. One of the toys we really learn Lotso's <laughs> background from, which you know, kind of a slightly creepy-looking clown toy, but that's fine. And he
0: he weirdly like I he he weirdly freaks me out, but I'm but he's so endearing at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it gives us the Pizza Planet truck cameo in. That flashback to what was going on with the toys and matzo and everything. And it was so quick. And I was like, oh, got to make note of that because that's where that happened. And, (laughs) you know, Pizza Planet played such a big role in the first one that it's kind of nice. They keep going back and just putting the truck in, even if you aren't going directly to Pizza Planet or anything like that, despite it being such a cool place, (laughs) you know? And the way that they just call back to things from, the previous movies is really nice, so that those of us who watch all of them sort of get this little extra flavor for the movie. I guess you could say,
0: yeah, you get you get the the little bits of Easter eggs that remind you of just everything that that does exist in this universe of Toy Story. That it um, that it just adds that extra bit of interconnectivity between. Uh, Between all the movies, that just makes everything feel so fleshed out and natural.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, is there anything in specific that you want to discuss with Lotso's story? Because, like I said earlier, there is a lot, which probably why he's named Lotso. But (laughs) yeah,
0: oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's why, but you know, I like it. We he's in it quite a bit, and (laughs) I think one of the main things to note, though with him is the fact that the other toys try to save him kind of like no toy left behind and then he turns around and just abandons them when they're going into this giant fiery pit of whatever
0: (laughs) yeah so terrifying yeah they they help him up you know because Woody it's like it's one of the things that we love about Woody like it's there's no logical reason for Woody to look down at Lotso and say oh let me save you but Woody he's just he's he's a heart of gold and he's he's a he's a good guy. He's the cowboy, he's the hero. He has to save him. You know, he's it, it's like Batman, you know, he can't let them yeah, I, I, he's he's not like Christian Bale Batman where he says, you know, I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you. <laughs> um and so he he risks that and he helps him thinking, no, we can we can turn him around. We're we're all in this massive peril like I'm sure he's had a change of heart and thought about the life that he lived but he doesn't he climbs up and uh has that last line of just being of saying um where's your kid now is so vindictive <laughs> I'm just like no I was so angry when he did it
1: yeah and Woody is the kind of character who never really gives up on anyone and that really shows throughout this movie You have all of these toys, Andy's toys, turning against him and being like, No, we want to stay here. You're wrong, Woody. Again, you Mm -hmm. know, like you said. And he still doesn't give up. And he is ultimately the main reason they're able to get out of toy jail, basically. And even when Buzz is taken and rebooted basically to his factory settings, so he thinks he's a space ranger again and we get that annoying buzz briefly (laughs) and then we get spanish buzz which maybe went on a little too long but it was still kind of fun (laughs) and the fact that they have someone else voice him too so it's just like totally different and then you know jesse is like all infatuated with buzz (laughs) i was just like this is so wild they Do so many weird and yet fun things with these movies to just keep them entertaining because you can't have now four Toy Story movies and have the story continue to be exactly the same as the first one. They keep some elements like the whole Woody being on his own with his thoughts thing and they take it and put them in different scenarios so that it doesn't feel like it's just overused.
0: Absolutely. No, they do they they do a really nice job of they do a really nice job with with each of the movies so far of like they it ups the ante but not like too much except maybe the you know uh potential fiery death uh trap that it's like that I feel like that's the 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 largest piece of danger that they've ever uh encountered but at the same time the way it plays out from like Uh, the way the movie builds up, Um, you know, it makes sense that they end up there. They went through the garbage. They went, they're going to the dump and then it's the incinerator, which I guess that's how dumps work. Um, But uh, it, it's, yeah, it's just, it does, it really does. Like you said, just, just keep it interesting. Um, And the characters continue to be uh, endearing. The development of the characters continues to build. Like even, even though like that, the story of like everyone just not trusting Woody when he thinks he, when he thinks he's right. Um, they build upon that because it's, you know, at the same time, Woody kind of ends up being right because of the place ends up, you know, being, you know, a terror. But at the same time, Woody is also kind of wrong in this one because it is time for them to move on and be someone else's toys. Um, and so, and, you know, not to jump ahead, but, That's his big story arc is is learning that because initially he's going to go off to college um, and let all the rest of the toys go. But he realizes they all belong together and he's he's meant to he's meant to be a toy and meant to be something special for someone else. He'll always be special to Andy, but Andy doesn't need him, you know, physically anymore. The memories and the nostalgia will be all Andy needs left.
1: Yeah. And you have that moment at the beginning where Andy goes to take just Woody off to college with him. Because from what I can tell, it seems like Woody is the toy that has been in the family for quite some time. Mm -hmm. You know, The mom won't sell him in the yard sale. And that gives us the entire plot for for one of the movies, basically. Because then Woody is stolen because he is so sought out. And his TV show was in black and white. So that just goes to show you how long Woody's been around in comparison to the other toys so there's even more of a sentimental value definitely with him and you know Andy does end up keeping a lot of the toys and he goes to go put them in the attic but because he helps his sister his mom thinks the garbage bag is for you know the trash or donation and Luckily, she doesn't just throw them out, throw them out, (laughs) you you know, they at least get donated. And that gives Woody the opportunity to be the hero of the story again and have Buzz team up with him like we get to see in the other two movies. And it's still so fun. And that's super important when it comes to these movies, especially when you know adults are going to be watching them, even though you and I were kids when the other two (laughs) came out pretty much. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, we're excited for Toy Story 4 because of how good the first three have been. And, yeah. you know, we're not necessarily the target audience for a Toy Story 4 movie at this point in our lives, but yet we're still going to go see it. And you have the end of the story, too, where Woody really does figure out the best solution for this problem, and he's not going to abandon the rest of his friends. So instead of going off to college with Andy, he throws himself in the donation box that is going to go there. And he does the same thing later when the toys are going with Bonnie, basically. He's like, nope, we're all going to Bonnie's. (laughs) You know, we're going to stick together no matter what. And Bonnie is sort of the perfect kid to Pass the toys onto because the younger sister is still a little too old to maybe hold as much interest in the toys as Bonnie would. So I think that's a good way to just keep things going. It's like, okay, you know, Andy's family clearly knows this family. They can tell she likes the toys and that she takes care of her toys. You know, she doesn't go throwing them around like a maniac like the younger kids at the daycare do. And Andy even plays with her for a bit at the end, which is just so nice to see because, you know, I would venture to say most 17-year-olds aren't going to sit around in a yard with a younger kid playing with their toys, (laughs) you know. And it's one of those things where... I would imagine at one point he maybe played with his sister a little bit for the, but for the most part he probably wanted the sister to leave him alone, especially yeah. when she was younger and like didn't understand what he was doing with his toys, <laughs> because he would come up with such elaborate stories and everything. So it was just really nice for that moment at the end to get to see Andy playing with the toys again.
0: Definitely, and and we get the moment with with Bonnie earlier when she first you know has just found woody when he gets caught in the tree and she finds him there and the way that she plays with her toys um is so similar to how andy played like the uh she's she's got these you know wild scenarios with you know the the witch and and everything and then she's hiding in the in the toy box and she's holding woody and it's you get all these you get all these different vibes and uh you know without it being flashbacks, you get like your own personal flashbacks of watching Andy play with his toys. Like it's yeah. just so similar. And, you know, that that scene has so many great moments. I mean, with Timothy Dalton as Mr. Pickle Pants, you know, just, you know, in uh completely blown away by Woody's commitment and asking him if he's classically trained. You know, it's uh that it Woody knows that 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 home and and Bonnie is a good fit for him and all the other toys. So he knows this is the right thing to do to be loyal and stay with his and stay with his friends and stay with the toys and as kind of their their leader, you know, ensure that they all end up in the best situation possible together. And then on Andy's side of it, as you were saying, we we get that Andy recognizes that in in Bonnie that she is that perfect fit. And you know, even when he when he reaches in and she goes oh my cowboy and he kind of like hesitates for that moment and he's like well wait like i i don't think i can get rid of this one but he 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 looks at her and he sees it in her eyes and then he starts telling telling her about just how special woody is and yeah. that you know the the great thing about woody is that was it he never gives up on you mm-hmm. um and it was this scene that really got me last night when i was watching it it was like the inferno scene and and everything Knowing that I'd I'd seen it before, like that scene didn't really get me. because um, I knew they get out of it. Even though the first time you watch it, you know, of course, they're not gonna just set the toys on fire. But Right. Um, <laughs> That's not how but, they're going to
1: go out. <laughs> yeah.
0: But you still you get like emotionally invested in that scene, but um I was sitting there and I'm like, ah, I was like, that's weird. I was like, this scene didn't, I didn't get a reaction. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to be okay. And then we get to this scene when he's sitting with Bonnie and just talking about how the, how special these toys are and how, you know, this, this will be their, their new home. And he's teaching her all about, you know, Rex and that he's the fiercest dinosaur and, uh, and, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Potato Head, they have to, you have to keep them together. Um, that's when I, I'm i just sitting there. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm done. This is, this, is amazing. this is absolutely incredible. And then they top it off with when he's drive, driving off and Woody says, so long, partner. And I'm just like, I hate you, Toy Story.
1: <laughs> Making me feel things. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, though, because it's this really touching moment between Andy and his toys and then Bonnie by proxy because she's the one who's going to benefit from having these toys passed on to her and not having seen Toy Story 4 yet I have no idea where that story is going to go and if it will sort of just cap things off or if they are just going to keep making Toy Story movies because they keep making them so well or what it'll be interesting
0: yeah like I'm really excited that both of us are going into Toy Story 4 having no idea what's Uh, what's coming
1: I don't think I've even watched like any of the trailers or teasers or anything
0: I saw like the early teaser and then I think maybe I saw like the either the first trailer or just maybe some random clips but um but I've actually uh avoided it pretty well and a lot of the movies that I've been going to see lately have not been ones that Toy Story 4 is playing before (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't think that trailer will show before Child's Play, but... (laughs) No, no. For me, I think I've really only seen some of the posters. So I know what some of the new characters are going to look like and everything. But at the same time, I like going into it having no idea what's going to happen. And I think, you know, if you look at what they've accomplished as a whole, it's like they just keep making them so consistent. And so fun that it would be weird to not have Toy Story movies, (laughs) you know? Like, what happens when they stop making Toy Story movies? Sure, they've taken long breaks, you know, like between 2 and 3 here. There was, what, over 10 years of a gap there? (laughs) So, you know, they aren't afraid to take their time with it. And that's what I like because even 2010 to, you know, the new one now in 2019, that's a pretty big gap too. and. I think if there isn't anything else that you want to discuss story wise, maybe we jump into the credit scenes quickly here.
0: Yeah, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. I mean the um, yeah, like the only thing is that um, well, I do want to shout out to the um, the prison break scene. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, that is such a great scene, and the um, I was cracking up when. First of all, I had the the chatter phone um, okay. toy, uh, and I'm pretty sure I had the bookworm. He's I, I'd have to ask my mom, but I'm pretty sure I had the bookworm. Um, I have no idea what he's from, um, but the when that phone rings and Woody picks it up, and the way the phone is like detailing, uh, you know, all the different guards and everything, I got such. Mission Impossible vibes from, from that. Even just like the way, the way he talks felt like the, the mission narrator, like in the beginning of Fallout, I was just enjoying that so much. And the, the way they, they perfectly set up everything that's going to happen. It, it also almost feels like you're getting ready to play, uh, play like a level in a video game. And it's just like, here's like, the whole outline of everything you're going to have to accomplish in this level. Yeah. And I also may have been thinking about that because I've been playing a lot of the toy story two game on PlayStation still holds up.
1: (laughs) Nice. Um, but that, that
0: scene is, that scene is just, it, it's so much fun and it's stylish and it's cool. Um, and, and clever. Um, and, uh, so that, that was, that was something that I felt like really stood out in this, uh, in this movie that they, that they did. Um, you know uniquely.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And with the credit scene, it was nice to get the sunnyside update, which is the daycare yes. without really needing to dive into it too much, you know. They didn't need to make those full-on scenes in the movie just putting that in the credit scene there instead of having like a ton of bloopers or something, which don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. were equally as fun, but I think Oh yeah. the update to sunnyside just to see how the daycare was prospering in Lotso's absence was really funny and just such a clever way to use those credit scenes
0: yeah tied up it it, like because like we were saying you know it'd be weird to uh it'd be weird for them to not have like Toy Story movies Toy Story 3 that you know that scene when they're just sitting on the front porch is such a perfect uh ending Mm -hmm. that you know i I honestly never would have expected them to do another one because it just it feels it feels so much like a perfect ending. Now, knowing that they've made knowing that they've made three great ones, I'm not concerned about a fourth one because I'm like they wouldn't make a fourth one if they didn't feel they had a worthy story to tell. Yeah. But even with that fantastic ending just on the on the porch, having this little bit in the credits it's a perfect, just little coda because it ties up all those loose ends on, well, what happened to all the other toys? And it's great to see that, you know, those ones that were working under Lotso and were kind of, you know, jerk toys. Um I love that when you first see one of them getting uh like tossed around in the Caterpillar room, you kind of get this brief feeling of, oh, well, are the bad toys just being punished? Like they're relegated to that room. But then when you see that when he goes under it's like a tag team. And it's like, no, it's like, no one's, no one's being punished. They're all just working together so that, uh, they can all, you know, survive the, um, the, the insane toddlers. Um, (laughs) and it's, 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 it's just, it's such a great moment. It's, it's so heartwarming. Um, and, uh, it's, I, I agree. Like it's, it's such a great way to, to end it I think I think while bloopers are super are super fun, I think they might have taken away from that that great you know sentimental ending, but this just added to it without taking anything away
1: yeah I agree with you that it sort of felt like the perfect ending, and then the credit scenes were just a little extra update there on how the toys are doing and things like that that didn't really feel like oh the story needs to continue because of these credit scenes, which is basically what marvel does with their credit scenes it's like okay here's a little taste of you know what's coming up and Mm -hmm. to have that sort of definite ending there but yet still choose to make a toy story for i'm in total agreement with you that i don't think they would have done it unless they felt like they had a good enough story and based on the reviews i'm seeing of toy story 4 they clearly do but
0: yeah. you know
1: we don't want to dive into that too much so let's no, no. go ahead and quickly talk about the budget in the box office for this one because the budget on this one was 200 million and obviously 2010 you have a lot more money to work with and inflation and things like that so <laughs> you typically are spending more money on movies these days especially one that had so much going into it like toy story 3 did and it made over 1 billion dollars worldwide that's a huge number for an animated movie
0: absolutely that's wild
1: yeah <laughs> it made 415 million and change in the united states and then 651 almost 652 million overseas so you have just so many people in so many different countries who are absolutely loving these stories that Pixar has given us. And, you know, obviously, it helps when parents are going with their kids, you know, it's not like parents are going to go see Toy Story without their kids necessarily. So you're getting so many more ticket sales just because entire families go to go see these movies, you know, you're not going to let your children go to the movies by themselves or anything. So, you know, they work that to their advantage when Pixar releases movies. And then there's still people like you and I who will happily go not with younger children.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, uh, and, and I'm, I'm just seeing it was, uh, it's the third highest grossing animated film of all time. It was the first Pixar film to be released in IMAX theaters. And it was the highest grossing movie of 2010, which is really crazy that an animated movie is, is, is the highest in a year.
1: Yeah, and I mean obviously Toy Story Four has some competition with Avengers Endgame, so I don't think it's going to think, quite yeah. beat that th- out. But
0: I think Avengers Endgame just ruined it for everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Endgame ruined everything and everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Until Star Wars comes. Yeah. And that will probably be even more ruined.
0: <laughs> I know. We'll definitely be interesting to see how that uh holds to uh to Avengers yeah and to to your point when you were saying just how you know how well it did you know overseas and everything I think I think even though you know it's seems pretty clear this is a, a movie that takes place in the U.S. Um but
1: it could be any kid with any toys
0: yeah like it's just such a universal story and I feel like that's you know that's why uh you know that that final scene with him and Bonnie just sitting there and he and him passing on his toys like I feel like and Any any kid that's that's grown up has has had some similar experience that they're connecting with that, whether it's passing it on to a sibling, whether it's, you know, whether it's donating toys and just knowing they're going to a good place. But even just all the the stories within the toys themselves, you know, the stories of of friendship and sticking together, um, you know, it's all those things are universal is what makes these movies so, uh, so special.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that this one did so well, it gives me a lot of hope for the one in theaters now because you just have so many people who are wanting to see how things play out, especially since Toy Story 3 did give you this option to just end the series there. And for me, going into Toy Story 4 and not knowing anything, but knowing how Toy Story 3 ended, I think it makes me that much more excited for it. And Toy Story 3. I think hit more on the emotional beats than the other ones did just because of how real it is to be going off to college and leaving so many things behind and
0: Definitely. you know I
1: don't know if I necessarily had that many toys so to speak that I still had in my room when I went off to college but it's still a feeling that I think a lot of people who are leaving their home and going to college would Be able to resonate with. And, you know, there's just so many good things going on in Toy Story 3. I'm pretty sure I gave it a five out of five, which is, you know, half a star above Toy Story 2 for me. And I think it's just because of how well this one handled that story. And there's so much going on in it that you're just like paying attention to it constantly and never feeling bored.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Everything about it is, is so captivating. I mean, it, it, even from, you know, putting it on last night and that opening with just the, the big Western opening, like it, uh, which apparently was, uh, an idea that was originally for the first movie, but they cut it and they just had Andy describe it himself. But I had completely forgotten about that opening and, I'm sitting there and I'm so captive, even though I know, well, clearly this is, you know, fantasy or in some, you know, it's like in the second one, when it's the, uh, um, you know, Buzz Lightyear going after Zerg, it's like, well, clearly this isn't, you know, what Buzz Lightyear, the toy is really going through. Um, but I'm still so captivated in everything that's happening in that moment. And then I'm cracking up because the lines are, are mimicking, you know, what, Andy said in that first one. So it's already tying you, tying you back to that where it's like, well, I got my dinosaur who eats force field dogs. And you're just, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And it's like, so to start so strong. uh, And then when it pans and it's got, you know, that it's Andy's mom, you know, you know, filming it all already. Yeah. You know, (laughs) my emotions are at like a certain level that I'm just like, Oh, that was really great, and then it it just it it builds on that more and more and more. You know, this definitely took everything that was great about the first one and everything that was great about the second one, and then rounded it out into this, um, just really standout emotional story that I feel like this this definitely transcends being you know a kids movie. You know, this is this is is definitely along the lines of, yes, it's an animated movie, but this is a movie for everybody. Um, and I think the other ones obviously had those elements as well. Um, but this one, I feel like is just, it takes it to a whole other level. And I think, I mean, I think that shows and that I think this was uh pretty sure this was nominated for best picture, not even, not even just best animated movie.
1: Yeah. And clearly we are in agreement of just how well they've done with bringing Toy Story back time and time again. So I'm really looking forward to talking about the fourth one with you, Tim. And thank you so much for coming on to talk about these first three so far. It's been really fun just diving back into these and especially watching Toy Story 3 for the first time.
0: Yeah, this is this has been uh, this has been a ton of fun. And I've I've been happy to join you on this journey. And I, I too, I can't wait for Can't wait for four, especially watching Toy Story 3 last night. I'm like, all right, good, I'm ready.
1: (laughs) Well, hopefully the listeners won't have to wait on us too much longer to get the (laughs) Toy Story 4 episode out here. But, you know, to our listeners, you can follow at Geekdom Pod if you want to keep up with when the episodes are going to be released. Sometimes I tease that on Twitter. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on if I remember, honestly. And then we are Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and on Facebook. So check us out there as well, whatever your platform of choice is. And as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.